0: right-hand side. Smith the running back. Shotgun formation. Ball on the left hash. Lewis is back to throw, and he's going deep downfield, and he's got a man It's caught. 25 down to the 20 to the 15-yard line. Kyron Lacey on the deep throw from Levi Lewis. Steven Jones, Jr. got beat, and Lacey had a step on him. He wasn't able to get to the end zone, but the Cajuns have a and j exterminating first down, and they're going to play it from the Appalachian State 16-yard line. Scared money don't make money. And on first down, Lewis still has the football. Rolling, pass to the end zone. Touchdown, Louisiana. Kyron Lacy.
1: Is- I just think. <laughs> This this kid, Levi Lewis, just continues to get better and better, especially in this ball game. That was his fourth op- third option, Jay. He initially had wanted Peter LeBlanc, but he got crossed up with Meagle. Then he wanted the corner route, Lumpkin, and then he went going across the back of the end zone. That's your last safety valve. Levi Lewis put it right on him. Great spot, great ball, get great catch, great job. Two a-
2: scared money don't make money.
0: On third and four. Shotgun formation. Three receivers left, one to the right. Ball on the right, hash. Bryce calls for the football. Back to throw, has time, passes away. Intercepted, and coming back the other way to the 30, to the 20, and out of bounds at the 19-yard line, Eric Guerrer.
1: Look, Eric Garer ends up with the interception, but that interception, I believe, is caused by the other cornerback at the top of the field. Couldn't see who it was. Man coverage going crossing routes. And does a good job getting his hand in there. And that was uh, McC- uh, Garner, who was able to get his hand and deflected to, gar- to uh, Eric Gare. Crossing routes on man coverage. Cajun's defense does a good job not being picked or rubbed and causing the third turnover of the ball game, Second interception for Chase Bryce. It will be the
0: 19-yard line where the Cajuns will start.
2: Hello
3: and good morning. Wow, I was up late last night working. There was a uh, there was a football game over at Cajun Field. Went home after, did some more work surrounding that game, and uh, let's just say I came away somewhat impressed by a lot of things here in studio all morning. If you want to call at 269-1077 to specifically give him a piece of your mind, you can do so. James Butler, former Raging Cajun wide receiver, former NFL. He's in studio with me. Bright and early. How are you? I'm doing good.
4: I man. guess it's not you? bright
3: yet. We'll I'm, just say early. I
4: used to being up this early, man.
3: You work some, some, different, some odd hours. See,
4: at this point, I would have already been up. At least a good three or four hours.
3: So, you're a state trooper now. I, I, you know, how like sometimes a football player will take off their helmet and you sort of see the like dent in their head. Mm-hmm. Like Peyton Manning like always had a big red mark. Mm-hmm. Is that from the hat you always wear? you got like, uh, is it from your state trooper hat you have to wear? No, man. What's oh on your Scott. head? No, there's like lines right where a hat was. I just
4: woke up, Scott. Like, what you, <laughs> what you want me to do? Like, I just woke up. I just rolled out of bed. I just how do those hats just stay
3: on like that all the
4: time? Because it, it has a uh, something on the back of it, like a that that keeps it um, stable on your head, and it's kind of tilted, so it doesn't. So it's you know, really fall. hard to knock it off. Yeah, you can't. Really. I mean,
3: App State. Say what you want about last night. They are a really hard team to beat, the way that Louisiana beat them. I Dare I say it's harder to do that than if you're a state trooper to get your hat knocked off? Because that is Ab State's most lopsided loss since they have been in the Sun Belt Conference. Yes, forty-one to thirteen. The Cajuns, um, outside of you know a red zone pick, a couple of bad special teams plays here or there it was as thorough and dominant a performance of the Billy Napier era. And it felt like not not a complete game, but as close as you can get to one for them. Uh, because had they played last night like they played in the first five games, they would have lost. So to win by 28 tells you just how much better they played last night than they had in the first five games this the season,
4: James, We want Coastal Carolina. That's what we want.
3: Yeah, as an alum, you're speaking.
4: We want Coastal Carolina. Stop running from us. But here's the thing. Is that a chance to play them though? If sure, like, if-
3: sure, yeah. I mean, if Coastal beats App <clears throat> next week, and by obviously not this week, and though I think they play. I think they play a week from the night, actually. I think they play next Wednesday. Okay. If App beats Coastal, then the odds of Louisiana playing a conference game at Cajun Field, the conference championship game, are extremely high. They're likely. If Coastal wins, then you're probably traveling to Coastal Carolina to play the conference championship. That's fine. Game.
4: We don't like. We just. We just. You don't want a home no. game at Cajun Field. I do, but they've been running for us for a long time now, so I don't care
3: where so they say it could be. I mean, they played. They played at Cajun Field last year, and they and they they, I mean, they won.
4: You know the circumstances around that, Scott.
3: What the the game that they won? Yeah. I know the circumstances around the conference championship game when they ducked out. I yeah, know that. but
4: you know we had people out and stuff, but we still played the game. So, you know, they had a couple people out. They ran from us. So I don't care what the game's that was.
3: Was last night the 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 best performance of the Napier era? I don't know if I
4: could say best, you know. But then again, when you ask me that, because I seen. The interview that that uh, he did last night, and I can't say that's the best, but when I think about it, I don't know another dominant performance that they've had like that.
3: Yeah, really. I mean, you know, fo- some folks might point to to the Iowa State game last year, but you had two special teams return touchdowns. Right. I mean, it was it was it was a very good performance, right? Um, but in terms of just top to bottom, which ironically, special teams was probably the only thing. That wasn't great last night, right? right. Um, and it, it's typically pretty strong if you if you were, if you ignore you know, some missed kicks. Um, but I'm just talking about as a whole. I'm not just talking about field goals, PATs, whatever. I'm talking punts, the return game, the coverage, all that. I I think it I think it was because again, I mean, App State was a five point betting favorite. I guess by the time kickoff rolled, minus four and a half, and they just lost by twenty eight. Right. I mean, the Cajuns covered the spread by. 32 and a half points. <laughs> it was we, listen, it was it was that it was that much of a of a dominant performance.
4: Last night I was on cloud nine man because no lie, I went into the game nervous, you know, and because App State is a very good team, and, I mean we all know that we all know the trouble that we have with them. So to perform like that, man I was very excited, very pleased, and I'm in to that by saying we want Coastal Carolina.
3: All right. Well, we, we you, you may or may not get them. It depends on what happens. Depends on who? Oh, it, it depends on if if you have to play them in the conference championship game. It's the only way you're going to play them this that's year. That's what we want. That's what we want. I know, but it depends on if they get there. You might just end up playing App again. Scott, you think Coastal Carolina are going to get there? Like, come on, man! Do I think like, Coast Carolina can get beat by Appalachian State I, in Boone a week yeah. from today? Absolutely. Yeah, I think they can. Yeah, absolutely. But we have the win now too. Well, no, you're gonna win the. You're gonna win the. Uh, the no, look, the Cajuns are winning the West. Nobody, nobody's winning. Trust me. So, see, they're winning the West, playing, and and I don't, I don't think they're going to lose another game.
4: See, when I was playing, they didn't have this Sun Belt East Sun Belt. They didn't have that. So what are the teams that consist of Well they
3: did. They just didn't have a conference championship game.
4: Right? So it was always broken up like that?
3: Maybe not. I mean, it was you you would you would have yes. I mean you had this new to me. You did, but you didn't have a you didn't have a conference championship game. And so there were some teams when you played that you didn't play every single year in conference, right? right? It's one of those years where Coastal's not on the schedule. They're in the they're in the East Division, and um, it just that was by happenstance, right? It was it's planned in advance, and so the only way you're going to play them is if you meet them. See, the way it works is if 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 the Cajuns and the Chanticleers have the same conference record and they didn't play one another, what determines who gets home field advantage is the College Football Playoff rankings, and the fact that Coastal Carolina is currently undefeated and ranked, they're probably going to be ranked higher now at some point they could beat app and then have a really bad loss and then because they do have the easiest schedule in america at this point uh and then maybe if the cajuns keep winning in dominant fashion maybe they're ranked a little bit ahead of them but it's i would say that if coastal wins next week they're probable i would put it at like 70 30 they host mm-hmm. um if app beats coastal then i would i would put it at 90% Louisiana host the conference championship game against somebody which would be nice. I mean, you had a you had a crowd last night that was loud, that was active. Uh you had some that showed up a little late midway through the first quarter, but on a Tuesday night, just being down on the field early cuz I like to go around, like to see him, like to walk around the field, then eventually make my way up to the press box just so you can get an idea of the noise level. And it was they were yeah, it, it, was it was impactful was. last night. They it brought was. they brought the noise last night. They it did. was, you know, I mean, so were you Were you there? I was there. Come on, Scott. You know that, man. I didn't know if you had work. I didn't ask you a question like that. I didn't know if you had
4: work. Yeah, on. but come on, Scott. Like, you know. if that's No, a
3: why? <laughs> why is that a weird question? Because it is, man. You know I'm there. Well, I know you're always there in spirit. I don't know if you're uh, actually always. there.
4: Listen, but, you know, there's a chance I might be traveling with him next week. Tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. So.
3: You can go up to Jonesboro yeah. on a. Uh, On a Thursday night? I have
4: to see because I actually work Friday morning. So it's like, I don't know if, you know, so I would would either have to take off Friday morning or, you know, but I will find a way.
3: Now, when you say work, explain to our listeners what that means.
4: I have to be on shift, on the road, trooper duties. Yeah. Zero five hundred hours in the morning on yeah. Friday morning.
3: You but but as far as working for UL, you're you're one of the big guys with the hat that's really hard to knock off. Just yep. standing there, yep. stoic, protecting. That's got to be really hard for you to not like run on the field. Yes, very hard. Like, how do you not even like give like a because fist you pump? can't
4: show you can't show emotion you're to be like Secret
3: service Man. and just stand there. Yeah, you have to. Here's Coach Billy Napier uh, last night opening up a post-game Zoom press conference with a message to the fans?
2: I I think it would be remiss for me not to um, express how grateful we are for the people that showed up tonight. Um, You know, our fans, alumni, the students, all the people in Acadiana and Lafayette that showed up. I think our leadership at the university did a terrific job of pushing the agenda uh, incredible opportunity to play on national television and represent our community. Uh, and certainly the people showed up tonight and they affected the game, right? And we are thankful, you know, already had several players express to me how awesome it was to have that type of environment uh, in that type of venue. It's good for everybody, right? You get an opportunity to have great exposure. You play well, and the people in the community come out and support and uh, represent the right way. So. We're extremely thankful for all the people that showed up. That was awesome you know, for a Tuesday night uh, to get that type of crowd was special. So, and they're part of the team. I think that's what I would like to express to all the people that showed up is I want you to know that you are a part of the team and you certainly affected the game tonight. So.
3: Ken Marks, who's been there for seven years. That's not a joke. The starting offensive lineman, he said, uh, it's the loudest and best student section's ever been since he's been at UL. I mean, he's been there almost since you were
4: there. That's, that's almost hard for me to gauge. You know, that's almost hard for me to gauge, man. What do you mean? Because, like, I don't know, man. It's like I can't really speak on that because I, I was, you know, I wasn't really looking at the student section. But what I will say, pulling into the game last night, I was really surprised. With the turnout and how many fans were there. Like, seriously. On a Tuesday. Because, I, no lie, I was nervous about that. Because I was like, man, this is a nationally televised game. I do not want us to come out here and, you know, we're supposed to be. You know, we Universal it, it, Louisiana. It, it,
3: it's, it's interesting, too, James, because folks will point to it. Look, 20,066 was the announced attendance. And say, oh, well, I saw a lot of empty seats, a lot of empty seats. I mean, at, uh, other stadiums in the conference don't hold, don't have, all right. You know, whatever the uh, forty-one thousand plus, whatever you want to call it, they don't have as big a stadium. So they put twenty thousand sixty-six in there. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, Coastal Carolina, who's ranked, their biggest crowd of all time is like not even board, not even eighteen thousand. It's seventeen something, but in their stadium it looks different. So at Cajun right. Field, right. You know, you to have twenty thousand plus, but it still looks a little lean. But if you, if you have ten, nine, I mean, they've they've right. had some pretty, yeah, oof, some rough ones over the years. So it, it, on a Tuesday night, um, to have that crowd and be rowdy, I, I'm sure that they would want it better. But at the same time, I know as you said, there were many that had this fear that it was going to be, oh yeah, that it was going to be lean. And um, this
4: is how you know, you know because I left my house. Cause I was like, man, I'm not sure. I left the game started at 6:30, right? I left my house at like 6:15, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be able to find parking, cause I don't know what the turnout is gonna be. And by the time I turned on Bertrand, the traffic was backed up. And instead of getting upset, I was excited. Well, and yeah. I was like, yes, this this is what I needed to see, because you know I'm always for my school and being you know on the forefront, you know, so. I was definitely appreciative. Shout out to Coach Napier for telling me I'm still part of the team. I really appreciate that. You know, hey man, look, I'm you all through and through. You know, you can't tell me anything else.
3: (laughs) There's no no doubt about that. You can't tell me anything else. Levi Lewis had a heck of a game. And on first down, Lewis
0: still has the football. Rolling. Pass to the end zone. Touchdown, Louisiana. Kyron Lacy
1: just like, I mean, this this kid Levi Lewis just continues to get better and better especially in this ball game that was his fourth op- third option Jay he initially had wanted Peter LeBlanc, but he got crossed up with meagle then he wanted the corner route lumpkin and then he went back to Lacey going across the back of the end zone that's your last safety valve Levi Lewis put it right on him great spot great ball get great catch great job Two a- uh, uh,
3: other than the interception um in the end zone, which Coach Napier said was his fault after the game, essentially, uh, who knows? Maybe he, maybe it was. Maybe he's just taken up for his player. But, but, but outside of that, James, for Levi Lewis, it was, I think, his best game. You think so? Yes, I think he's. I, Levi's always, to me, been one of those guys that is. You're watching a game and you see him not pull the trigger, or or leave plays out on the field, put it that way. But then you look at the stat sheet and you're like, man, he's it's really efficient. I right. mean, he didn't have right. that many incompletions. He protected the football. Like, these are good numbers. But if you watch the game, you're like, "But well, there's there's a few plays there that if he, if he lets a rip, if he does what he's supposed to, they're game changers. And that's kind of – I don't want to say the story on Levi all the time because he's had some really good games in his career – But it seems like that's been the story, at least this season, up until last night. And I thought, especially the first 20 minutes, I mean, I thought he was fantastic at plays defensively is they they come out and they're like, all right, go ahead and try to throw deep because we're going to go ahead and we're going to play the run. We know what you guys like to do. We know what your identity is. He comes out. He connects on those deep balls early. I mean, on the money. Yes, I know. And it—he just felt like he was in such rhythm last night, James. I thought it was—I thought it was arguably maybe not. I think it was Levi's best game as occasion, yeah. especially considering the opponent and, and everything else.
4: Man, I—I I thought he played great too. You know, and my only gripe with him is—I don't—I think he's a great quarterback. But my only gripe would be there are times. When I think he should run instead of being so committed to throwing the ball, one thing I will give him credit for if option one isn't there, he's going to two, if option two isn't there, he's going to three. But if option three isn't there, it's like he tries to go back to one, and it's like, man, like you can run, take off, you know, mm-hmm. get three, four, five yards, slide, do whatever you have to do, but I think sometimes. He's so committed to throwing the ball that he doesn't want to run. And that's why I tweeted last night. I'm like, I don't know if they told him, listen, if it's not a design run, do not try to get out the pocket and make anything happen. Throw it away. Because on one of the throws last night, I think there was a penalty on it. He rolled to his left, and it's like he had room to get the first down, but instead he threw it, and I think the throw was outside of the receiver, and it was incomplete. And I'm in the stands kind of, you know, getting upset cuz I'm like man you could have ran for the first down you know so that's my only gripe with him but other than that I thought he played great
3: yeah it, it might have been his best game i think i think it was and just spreading the wealth i mean you had 15 of 25 it wasn't like it, it was weird because he didn't have to throw it really in the second half right so it, it, you can look at other games and say well his stat line last night wasn't as good as it was against this team that team whatever he had better stat lines if you want to look at it that way in other games this season and yet in none of those games did he play as well as he did last night and i think that the passing numbers and, and you know they would have been higher and better had they needed him to throw the ball in the second half but his command in the first half and just feel for the game in the second and and we'll get to third downs in a minute because that was to me the biggest story coming out of last night's game but right now 269 1077. Phone lines are open. James wants to hear from you. You want to ask him about catching passes from Aaron Rodgers back in the day? They don't. That's not what we're talking about today. Please. Please. ESPN1420 .com. Good morning. Welcome into the show.
5: Man, James, you read my mind, man. I was thinking about that all night, and I've been thinking about that for the longest time, watching uh, Levi roll out, and he, you see him constantly tapping the ball and pumping and looking for a guy. And all I see is, like, six, seven yards in front of him. And I'm like, run, 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 because he's so athletic. And he had, he's always had so many options, and it always seems like he's so committed to throwing. And I just – I really would like – like like you said, if there's only one thing I would like to see him do, it's, it's run. And I feel like I'm the – I don't hear a lot of people say it. So when you said it, I was like, yes, somebody finally mentioned it. But the reason why I called in uh, was that was such a phenomenal game. And, uh I felt like – do you feel like there were some really bad calls by the officials? Like, oh, yeah. It was It was like- a
3: Tuesday night, but it was a, quote, Saturday night in the Sun Belt for the officials. There were awful calls on both sides. <laughs> there were uh, clock issues. Uh, the scoreboard went out more times last night than, than Jeremy Shockey does in a oh. week. I see you tweeted that. It man. was like – but, but but no, the, the officiating was bad, but when you have a 28-point a game, it doesn't get – Right. It just doesn't get highlighted, but no, it was it was bad. I mean, there there were some pretty bad calls. Yeah,
4: no, man, I, I on agree. That one dri- no, good, I'm sorry.
5: Yeah, I was just saying on that one drive where they they converted like two or three fourth downs. The only reason those existed is because of such bad officiating. Like the one where the guy's helmet flew off, and they're like. He Continued to play, yeah, he took he like, like two steps.
3: What? I mean, I he can't just drop dead. It's like if he had yeah. run and tried to like hit someone, I get it. But he just kind of took two steps. and was like, Oh, wait, wait, no, I'm you know, it's like James when his it state did. trooper hat gets knocked off.
4: Listen, my hat doesn't get knocked exactly. off, man. My hat doesn't get knocked
3: off, oh, but yeah, no, that man. that was and a if bad because you going in and cuffs.
4: Oh, definitely, but.
5: Uh, I, james is, James is like Elvis Presley with his hat you know instead uh, of his shoes don't mess with his blue suede hat yeah you already so know say, james, I'm sorry no no no
3: no james, I, do you know any Elvis Presley songs no I don't this is this I is do. Elvis right now did you know that
4: I'm not answering that. I'm not I'm not getting into that with you I don't come here for that listen <laughs> listen I, the Levi's ability to even go from option one to two to three is outstanding it really so. itself you know, the fact that he can read the defense, the fact that he knows his offense. I mean, he's been in there for years. He,
3: he's he's one of the smartest players. Definitely. I agree. I mean, the guy the guy had like a I, – I, I didn't know you could get higher than a four zero, but he was at maybe a charter or a magnet school. He had like a 4-2 in high school. Yeah, I mean, definitely. He's, he's, he's just really, really smart. And so when you have that command of the offense, like let me ask you this, James. Uh, Josh, man, anything else before we let you run because we got some other calls?
5: no yeah one one real quick thing uh did you do you, when that play that they kept running in the in the second half where they sweep they sweep the receiver on the back end and then they run the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, have y'all ever seen that play happen where you actually gave it to the receiver I did
3: see it in one play uh it was the game against Ohio, and it did not work. uh It went for a loss <laughs> of maybe six i think I think it was the exact play. Um but yeah I've I've seen them run it maybe once or twice um but not often no
5: Yeah cuz they kept cuz they kept running that and I'm like man I was enjoying it cuz I was on the the win, the good side of it because they kept getting chunks but I'm like guy I'm thinking Appalachian State dude they're doing the same play over and over again hey, you don't
3: the, see this coming it, but... when you own the time of possession and when you when you're winning in the trenches you can know it's coming it doesn't matter that old line just yeah, imposed yeah, okay. their will yeah. there.
4: Definitely the so second half the defense yeah, okay, no got tired. Thank
3: you, Josh. Arms, ass. Let me let me ask you this before we uh, get to the next call. Um, Levi's listed at five ten, right? Like five nine and a half. Right. I mean, you're a big guy, James. Okay. All right. I mean, you know, you play a receiver, but you you weren't you weren't afraid of a little contact when you're the quarterback. And he, we can when he does run, we see how effective he can be. Mm-hmm. If he was your size, do you think he runs more? Because there is question. something about protecting your body, and yeah. you're the quarterback. I yeah. mean, all of that, you but, know.
4: But I mean, Kyler Murray is the we'll same you size you. though.
3: But he, and he takes off and running. I mean that's that's the that's kinda that's the former Heisman winner. I'm just. Talking I
4: about mean, Levi. but I mean, Levi is good too. We're not going to sit here and say Levi is not good. I mean, I, you know, I'm never going to say anyone's better than anyone on my team, Scott. You know that.
3: Yeah, but I, I'm just. I, I don't. I don't. But that's a good I don't think question. That's though. a fair comparison. That's all. It's, okay. All right, we
4: we understand. That's I get all. it. I get <laughs> it. But listen, I, that's a good question, man. I don't know because I'm not going to sit here and say. He's afraid to run because I he's done say, it before. I, didn't, I, I did not no, use no, the but, word afraid. But I, know, to be I, know, clear. I get that. I get that. But I'm just saying just based on it's not like he's afraid to run Meaning, mean like he hasn't done it before. No,
3: I know. But if, if you get in the habit of just doing it all the time. I just right. Say, I see what you're saying. You know, I don't and, know. I don't know. And, and look, there's something to be said when you keep plays alive and then you do hit on that third option. Yeah. You know, it's like that that probably does that does not get celebrated as much as why didn't he get run? Why didn't he run gets right. gets criticized. Right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. When it does happen, no one's like, oh boy, glad he's glad he rolled out and kept the play alive and connected on that pass. Right. But whenever he throws an incomplete pass, you're like, Oh, he could have ran for four or five right. yards. Like, I see what you're saying. You That's know, I mean saying. I think he yeah. sometimes whenever he does keep the play alive and decides I don't want to run, I'm gonna find that guy, it, it works, but We just, you know, he's, and and that's that's coming from me, a guy who has said Levi's left some plays on the field. That's kind of been part of the story with him. And last night I just, I feel like he, maybe one or two, like I thought last night he was just outstanding.
4: Listen, as a former receiver, I think that's awesome because it's like if I'm option three, I I still need. I still might. You know what I'm saying? I gotta
1: keep moving there. And
4: even with even with him rolling out, that's the best thing. When the play breaks down, the corners like. They don't know what you're about to do at that point. It's backyard so football. James
3: gives him a little shove and says, "Throw it up." Bring yeah, just it. Give throw it, it
4: to up. Me. Or Give me the I act like I'm doing something else and turn around and come back the opposite way because usually the corner's not looking what at do you. You act like
3: you're doing like dancing or?
4: no, like you know, like I act like I'm running a post and then I come back and <laughs> run a come. You know, because the corner don't see what the quarterback is doing. Yeah, I got. you. So it's like you can literally just make up a route mm-hmm. and get open
3: because mm-hmm. Levi's looking for you. You ES- don't know, you know. ESPN 1420. Let's take one more before the break. Good morning. Welcome into the show.
6: Good morning, guys. There's a key play in the game that I think uh, hasn't been highlighted enough. It's in the second half, you know, when the controversial pick up on fourth down by App was made. When I thought they should have actually at least gone on measurement. But mm-hmm. anyway, well, after that, Chris Meingrief on first down, Gets a huge sack for a nine-yard loss.
3: Let's let's take Jumps Let's take a, Let's take a listen, Mike. On first down,
0: Bryce wants to throw it. Bryce in trouble. Down he goes. Back at the 42-yard line. It is Chris Moncrief.
3: You're right. I mean, for all the reasons you're yeah, about to say, because I know where you're going, you're right.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, it changed the momentum, again, completely, uh, you know, forced to happen, basically, went up with a 4-12, and 12 where they ended up punting from their 32. I was shocked they did that. I thought it a Well, four
3: they, four they four. punted from their 36, but the original line of scrimmage was at the 32. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. And so then, you know, you're right, because, twelve. listen, to your point, they just cut it to a two-score game. UL has a bad return, so they're not. Mm-hmm. They're backed up. They go three and out. Mm-hmm. Apps got the ball. They're across midfield. They're down to the thirty-two, and it's like, man, if they score here, they've got the momentum. Moncrief has the big sack. They end up forcing the punt, which goes in the end zone, uh, or no, it went out of no, the two. Sorry, and I then was they, upset about that. Then as they well. go on an eight-minute, ninety-eight play drive where they ran it all but three times. Just, just. As as old Gerald Broussard would say, just lathered him up, <laughs> and uh, and it was it was that was the statement. Like after that drive, it was like yup, here you don't have to like it, but you're gonna eat this. Oh yeah, for sure, take it.
6: Yeah, the first play was that little pass to the, the eagle. You know, the Eagles uh-huh. love that little uh, play with the backer. You know, a lot of that coming out and whenever they were in trouble, they go to that play a lot. Then they felt club. a lot better. I thought, hey, we got into the fifty. Now we can open it up. And basically, you know, like you said, they just ran it down their throats. Speaking of running down their throats, you know, they ran it pretty well in the first half against South Alabama. And I think one of the reasons the offensive line overall in running games is improving is that you left guard. You know, um, there was an injury earlier. but he, he's been playing most of the year. But in the last two games, he's really come alive. you seen a lot of the big runs on the left side. Last he was night. fired up last night,
3: too. You hadn't to seen much emotion from him. And last night, he was getting yeah, into it. he was. It. He was. That's cool to see, yeah. man. Yeah.
6: And the final comment, yeah, you talk about the crowd. It's going to be always be tough, you know, to get 30000 on a Tuesday night, but the people who were there, and people were into it. The team made a statement earlier with the first drive, and when that fumble occurred early in the game, you know, and it was 14-3 and we got a fumble, we're about to... I, I couldn't tell who the ball, but I could see the student side just going crazy. Yeah. So, uh, that also helps the enthusiasm and the emotion the, the fans brought to the game. So, people who were there, really brought it to uh, help the team out, so Great day this morning. So um, those are my comments about the game. And let you take some more calls. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Mike. All right. They were moving them up front, man. The offensive line, they were moving bodies, just throwing them around. We're going to take a quick timeout when we come back. James, what did you see last night that the average fan wouldn't see, that only a former player would notice?
4: As far as I could talk about anything. So yeah, and what? that's
3: coming up next, okay. right here on The Great <laughs> Scott Show ESPN 1420. What up, guys? It's Scott Fraser from The Great Scott Show, and it has been a great start to the NFL season, and it's only getting better at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, because DraftKings putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. you got to get in on the action right now. It's simple. You just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up against the competition. It's fun. It's a blast. It makes watching games that much better. Feel the action like you haven't before with a free shot hitting millions of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe. Secure and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get that free shot at millions of total prizes, all with your first deposit. That's code 1420. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
0: Want to change your life and get- Ball, 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 ball is out, it. and the Cajuns say they have it. And guess what? The Cajuns have it. Lorenzo McCaskill comes up with it as App State turns it over for the
1: fourth time tonight. Yeah, running back never got the handoff really. As soon as he got it from the, from, from it just it hit his leg right away. McCaskill does a great job realizing the ball's on the ground and hops on it. And.
3: Four first turnovers. Four turnovers. 211 total yards by App State. They're averaging 455 going in. 0 of 11 on third down. And the Cajuns won the time of possession battle by over 13 minutes. Nearly a whole. That's a lot. So, Patrick Tony, the defensive coordinator for Louisiana, that staff, what they did last night to App State's offense, maybe should have been the lead story today as far as that game goes. Um, I mean, App averaged 2.7 yards per carry, James. This is a team that likes to run the football. O of 11 on third down. Third down has been the down that's hurt the Cajuns this year on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm last night they were above 50 percent conversion rate offensively oh of 11. I mean I, I I can't repeat that enough defensively last night what what stood out to you the most
4: man coverage
3: the secondary man coverage you know it's funny I was had I, Jay Walker was in here with me y- yesterday morning and we were given I guess the final segment we're talking about the biggest keys to the game mm-hmm. and to me I said the biggest key is the secondary Because I felt like the front seven had played pretty strong this year. But the secondary had not played up to their potential yet. Last night they did. They did, definitely. And Eric Garrett, that pick was – I mean, he read that thing. Man coverage. He read that thing, man. man. coverage.
4: Now, imagine if we was in zone. There would have been a whole – because they ran two – I want to say – I I can't remember what the number three receiver did, but I know the number – Two and number one, they both ran like five-yard ends or ten-yard ends or whatever it was, and he read it, and he jumped it, and, man, I wanted him to score, but, man, it was amazing. But that that's the whole thing that I was saying against Texas. You know, i you play man coverage when you believe that your front seven can get a push or they can stop the run, and you don't believe the receivers are better than your DBs. Me personally, and this this could just be the fan in me saying this and the alum in me saying this, but I don't believe Texas receivers were better than our corners, honestly. I, I don't understand why we went to zone so much. But last night, seeing what we did, it just solidified what I was saying from the beginning because basically what we lined up and said is, y'all aren't better than us, we're going to play man on man, and we're going to lock everything up.
3: I think part of it is mobile quarterbacks have also kind of given them issues a little bit this year. And last night, Chase Price really couldn't do anything. And he's a guy that has run some this year. Um, I guess he rushed for what their only touchdown last night, but that was no that was that was no part of the game. Um, they dominated in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and the secondary had their best game. You know, when you talk about keys to the game. When you win by twenty eight, you don't really talk about it the next day, but right. um, it was uh, it was dominant. And Coach Navier said afterwards a lot of stuff. One of the things he said is, you know, with this kind of performance, now it sort of opens up a, a new set of problems or potential, I should say potential problems, potential issues. As a former player, James, how do you guard against that when, you know what, you've been grinding, ha- it hadn't come together yet. Maybe mm-hmm. you have won some games, maybe you lost some, and then you finally have that game where, oh, man, it's clicking. Like this... Everything's working right now. How do you maintain that intensity and attention to detail when you get back to practice and not, no matter how much you tell yourself, all right, not satisfied? How do you mentally just lock in and just not do
4: it? You got to keep your eyes on the prize, man. You know, um, (laughs) normally, you know, it would happen the next game. It's like you don't play as great because you literally beat you know, you beat App State so bad and that's a team that, you know, was really good and so the next game you kind of lay an egg. We want to avoid that. So you have to keep the intensity by keeping your eyes on the prize, man. You have to understand what the goal is. You have to understand what the end goal is. And um, if it is to get to the conference championship, it is to get to the bowl game. You have to keep that intensity. You have to keep winning regardless because, like I said, me personally... We want F, we want uh, Coastal Carolina. That's it. So we have to continue to to get better each week. So when we
3: meet them, it's game over, man. Coach Napier spoke last night about um, sort of the first five games this year and how they had not played that game where they really felt good I mean the Ohio game they felt good afterwards the other ones they they didn't but on coming together finally putting together a performance last night and then kind of reflected on a lot of the individuals
2: that played a part in it I think it was uh, Thursday after practice um, you know how thankful I am to be a part of this team right and uh, I know that you know, we'd played five games and we certainly hadn't played to our potential. And, you know, we were walking around here, grinding away, working extremely hard. Um, and, you know, a little bit frustrated with maybe some of the performances that we had had. You know, and I think um, I could see it affecting people, you know. And I think, um, you know, we, we finally put it together, you know. And that's a credit to our leadership, right? It's a credit to our coaching staff, all the people in our organization uh, that have a role and contribute to the team. Uh, And then the leadership amongst the players, right? There could have been a lot of, you know, side conversations or finger pointing when it ain't quite going just right. But this group uh, has stayed coachable. They've stuck together. Uh, And certainly we had a couple of days to really quality control the first five games and really, look at what we needed to do to improve each individual player every part of the organization um, position groups units and all six phases in the kicking game and we presented that we went out and had a practice specifically for that and then we turned the page and um, you know we've got a lot of respect for Appalachian State the type of program and history and tradition that they have there and certainly the brand of football that they play. And it's really been the team since we got here that we've been trying to chase down. And, um, it all adds up, man. It all adds up. You know, there's a lot of work that went into putting our team in position to play like that. Um, an example would be, I saw Corey Turner. I'm walking up the tunnel after the game's over. And I see Corey Turner, right. And he walks up to him and I give him a hug and, you know, Corey was uh, part of that first team, right, uh, that we had and uh, was a major contributor, a team captain, and a guy that I've got a ton of respect for. But there's a lot of people that came before just this team that contributed to what happened tonight. So uh, it was a good win.
3: As a former player, when a coach recognizes past players, how does it make you feel? Like he really cares. I mean, uh, one thing about Coach Napier is he's always been genuine. Always. It's never felt fake. Always. That counts for something, right? Definitely. And can players tell in the locker room when a coach is 100%. fake? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Could you tell? A hundred percent. When you played? Definitely. It makes a difference, right? Because in you want to play of for team that
4: community. You want to play for that coach. And you there's, want to play. There's nothing that he can say. There's not like. If he tells you run through this brick wall, I promise you, you'll do it, no questions asked. But if you have a coach that's kind of on the fence and you're like, "Ah, I don't know if he really cares about me as a person, I might not go extra hard, you know, and that's just the reality of it. I mean, you go extra hard if you love the game, but a team only goes as far as its leadership, you know, and like we've expressed on previous shows, you know, it's like on some of those old teams that I was on, you know it's it's one of those things where it's like you don't really know you know you don't really know what the coach some of the coaches you don't know what they're trying to do you don't know if it's for your best interest you don't know if you know they're just trying to look out for themselves you don't know if they really care about you know when you just you don't, don't
3: know. feel a vibe of equality the team chemistry slowly crumbles definitely and and so
4: that's big in situations like this. So you're not playing well. You haven't put together, you know, a, a a string of games where you feel like you've played the best and you come in and a team comes in that, you know, like Coach Napier said, that you've been hunting down since you have got here. That plays a part in situations like that. Like you can fold, you know, because your leadership is you don't really know if, you know, they really care about you or if they really care about this game or they just want to get to the end of the season for whatever reason. But if you have a coach that you know really cares and really wants to win and really wants you to succeed, you're going to go out and play like that, you know?
3: James Butler in the studio with me this morning, former Raisin, Cajun, and NFL wide receiver. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in, 269-1077, 269-1077. Levi Lewis asked after the game about the performance against that. Um, we didn't
4: play in spurts. We um, we played all four quarters, and we finished the fourth quarter. We started fast how we wanted to. Um, I, I feel like it was a, a great team win. I feel like we dominated. Um, thorough,
3: um, impressive, and on national TV. National TV. Billy Napier It's a name that's been out there. He's been hunted by other programs.
4: Come on, Scott. Don't do this to me this morning.
3: Don't do what? I know where you're going with this. Going
4: where? Just go ahead and finish. No, no. Because I thought about this last night,
3: man. Well, I think think anyone that, that follows the program closely has probably thought about it for a while. But, you know, his name will continue to be in the mix for big jobs that open up. He's already been looked at by a South Carolina, by an Auburn, by a Baylor. Right? You know, he's pulled his name out of some of those coaching searches. Um, whether it be, I think the big thing for me was, you know, not autonomy in terms of the staff goes. I think that's a biggie. I think Coach Napier is great management skills, and I think – he views, all right. If I can succeed somewhere, I need that synergy with the athletic department, right? University president and some autonomy within the program, so that I I have full control of of the staff and and sort of the schedule and everything else. Because um, he's got again, he's got a lot of skills, but management skills I think are some of his best. And that's not to say well he's good at that, but not so. He's also you know he's a good play caller and former quarterback and all that other stuff. Having that performance on national TV like that, when your name's already out there, you're the only football game on last night. I know some people are watching Major League Baseball, but uh, in the playoffs and from a football standpoint, that was the only ticket in town. And for Napier, it's one of the bigger stages that he's going to have this year. I know he doesn't look at it like that. I know he doesn't look at it as, oh, it's a stage for me. But let me tell you something. There were a lot of scouts in the press box last night looking at players, but there were a lot of ADs watching that game last night that were looking at at Billy Napier, I'm just telling you. Doesn't mean anything, doesn't mean he's leaving, but as long as he's at UL. I hate it. You man. have to you have to know that his name will continue to be out there. Yeah, I know. And
4: that's that's something that I keep just you, keep the mic in front of you. Uh, that's just something that I just I don't know, man. I'm not ready for. I don't think. You're right. You know, it's something that we have to continue to uh, deal with, but
3: I'm not ready for that. There's something I've been asked a lot off the air, maybe once or twice on it, off the air about LSU and an obvious job opening coming. (sighs) This coach show will get fired. Would they have interest in in Billy Napier? That's the question you get asked a lot. I've definitely been asked this question too. The answer is yes. Doesn't mean that he'd be a first choice and Woodward is all about a splash and all that other stuff. But the answer is yes. Would there be interest? Yes. Um, you can panic. You can dread the future. You can say, what if? You can say, oh, there's no way he would ever, and he's no. it's great here. You can say, oh, he would go in a second. The reality is none of you actually know. Right. So I'm not digging into all of that, or or it's making, a, a, though. Or making a, a specific certified statement. This will definitely happen. or This definitely will not happen. I'll only answer the question of Do you think they'd be interested? And the question is Yes. yes do for you sure. think they are interested? The question is Yes. For sure. And and that was asked to me before the season even started. You know, hey, if this one struggles and this one does well, do you think? And the answer was yes. Then and the answer maintains yes. Now
4: I kind of seen that coming.
3: Sure. Uh, and so. M- I guess my point is, prepare for it to heat up more moving forward. Um, in the meantime, nothing's happening right now. All right, He's coaching. He's doing great. Uh, I don't think Coach O's going to be fired till after the season for buyout reasons and stuff like that. And as of now, it'll be a hot topic on various message boards and sports bars and fans. And if somebody wants to call and, and share their opinion on it, I'm, it's fine. But if you're a UL fan and you're stressing about it, I would wait a, a few months before you do. Nah, you know Scott, I'm, I'm
4: stressing about it now. To be honest, it's not waiting a couple months for me. I'm definitely stressing out about it. But you know what, man? I've definitely been asked that question a few times too. And would they be interested? Yes, I agree with you there. It's just, you know, I can't stomach the possibility of that happening, man. I just can't, you know. So, I guess we'll see in the next couple months.
3: Yeah, I, I would say expected to heat up. And after last night, I I I thought to myself, this is going to be asked a lot more. Yep. Um, in coming weeks, coming months, but it is what it is. And when you have that kind of success at UL, that's a good thing, guys. It is. You can stress all you want. There has never been a head football coach that has left UL because he was hired by a P5, a big program, something like that. That's never happened before. Almost. And what happened? He ended up getting fired. Listen, listen, man. Mark Husband ended up being fired. Listen. How close he was or wasn't is debatable.
4: I heard a story, and we could talk about it off air.
3: No, no, I, go ahead and share it. it I, no, there.
4: I just heard a story. I don't know if it's true or not.
3: Probably not. If it's if if it has to do with HUD,
4: it, it definitely has yeah, to do with HUD.
3: I doubt it's true.
4: I don't know if it's true, but apparently, after the first bowl game against San Diego State, Tulane wanted to hire. Him. Oh, and he was like on the way to like on a road to go sign with Tulane or something
3: like that. And I don't know if that's true. Maybe Tulane. but whatever. They're in the AAC and haven't done anything in football. So I hope Maddie's listening in a while. And anyway. I hope I hope when we get Maddie while. on the
4: phone, I hope you keep that same energy later on today.
3: What? I mean this was how many
4: years ago? Hey man, I'm just saying you still said that about her school.
3: No, but I wouldn't even look at like uh, first of all, I have nothing against Tulane. Uh, that's that's not what I mean in terms of someone leaving UL for like a right. big. Uh, you don't, you know.
4: That's like the same, you know.
3: It, it, it may, maybe it was at that moment in time. Currently, UL is a better program, and you know now Tulane they're in a conference with Cincinnati that helps a good bit. Yeah. But that conference is about to lose their best members, right? Who are all going to be heading to the Big Twelve soon. So, in terms of like future sort of. Footing in the arc of college football, I mean, is a much better spot currently than Tulane is.
4: But even if that does happen, man, it'll suck, but I think that'll put us in a different line. I mean, it's you it's
3: know? it's when you hire a coach, if you're being real with yourself, you hope it happens because it means right. you had tremendous success. Yes. Uh, yes. And and look, he has had opportunities and stayed. Who wants to say he doesn't do the same thing again? You know, who knows? But... With the success, with great success, comes that. Yeah. And if you're like James, you stress about it. If you're like me, you just answer the question and get back to work. James is is over there just.
4: I'm stressing about a lot of things right now. Everything you
3: know, all right at home? You good?
4: It's 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 all right at home, but I know the Pelicans are about to start oh, up. See
3: now, here he goes. I know
4: the Saints. You know we have a
3: bye week, but how was Blake Gilligan not named the special teams player of the of the of the week?
4: Who was named the special He's teams
3: player for the, for the Eagles that had a block and a few tackles? You know they don't like us. Anyway, he had Scott. the great. Well, Marshawn Lattimore was named the defensive player of the week. So
4: yeah, but they had to give that to him.
3: No, they. I can't believe Blake Gilligan. That was the greatest punning performance.
4: You just giving out the the greatest performances this morning, huh? Have
3: you seen a better punning performance than what he did on Sunday for the Saints? Yeah. No you have I have. No you haven't. name what?
4: What like a game or like the punter?
3: A game by a punter that was better than that. Uh
4: Thomas Morris no. 2016. Oh, yeah? What game against, was that? I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, yeah. No,
6: it's there. That's what I'm saying.
3: I don't know, man. You're right. You're right. You're right, He has reacted on Twitter. Blake Gilligan has. Anyway, we'll tell you about that. Talk a lot about the Cajuns. And at 8.35, our friend Matty Hudak.
4: I'm going to tell her what you said, too.
3: What? That... Coach Hud might have gotten no. in a car to go interview with no. Tulane, and it I didn't wasn't, think no. it was a big
4: deal. You didn't say that. You said Tulane is irrelevant, and you said I did that.
3: Not. You I, did say I, that. I did not say the words Tulane is irrelevant. You, you is just said lie. that. We're gonna go back and listen during the break. I did not say that. I'm gonna tell her you said it. I did. not oh, it's fine. I'm gonna tell you, you're a liar. All right, well, all right, well y'all, y'all knows, call in? Will y'all? when right. she
4: on think? Y'all calling? And, and it's let them easy know.
3: Know. for you to get confused anyway, because after all, James was like, "Hey, play that, play that, Alice and." He thinks this is an Alice in Chains. Song.
4: That never happened either. Yeah. That never happened either. Since since we
3: denied stuff. Don't go anywhere. Greatest Scott show continues <laughs> after this. What up guys, it's Scott Fraser from the great Scott show and it has been a great start to the NFL season and it's only getting better at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL because DraftKings putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You got to get in on the action right now. It's simple. You just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see your team stacks up against the competition. It's fun. It's a blast. It makes watching games that much better. Feel the action like you have not before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get that free shot at millions of total prizes, all with your first deposit. That's code 1420. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers, Open Think Tank. I am Scott Prather, James Butler, former Raging Cajun wide receiver, former NFL wide receiver, in studio this morning. We have been taking some phone calls at 269-1077, and we have been chatting pretty much about Louisiana's dominating win last night occasion Field, everything from the attendance to the game plan to the secondary to the defense to Levi Lewis uh, to Billy Napier to Billy Napier at UL to Billy Napier and the perspective of him around the college football community, and uh, we haven't hit on the Saints yet. We will get to the Saints. Don't worry. We, we I guess we did briefly at the end of last hour. James was, for some ridiculous reason, just... Trying to suggest that Blake Gilligan wasn't incredible, he was. Um, he was the first punter since at least 2000 to have three punts of 53 plus yards down inside the three yard line. He was not the defensive uh, the special NFC special teams player of the work, which he just uh, tweeted out. He quote tweeted it and just said, "LOL."
6: <laughs>
3: that was just it. That was just it. I think everyone was expecting that. Speaking of same special teams, they um. They had to sign another kicker last oh night. They signed God. Brian Johnson off the Bears' practice squad.
4: But I thought Will Levis was coming back. Uh, yeah, after the he's bye. not
3: ready. No, that was just that was best case scenario. I mean, the guy had a groin. He had surgery on his groin, and he's a kicker. Everyone was like, "Well, the earliest he could come back is here." Well, apparently, he's not. He's not ready to come back yet.
4: Well, come on, man. We just need you to kick extra points. We'll put somebody else in
3: for the long field goal.
4: We just need our extra points.
3: Worst. Um. Week of kicking in NFL history, it's bad, it, but it, it actually was. They had thirteen missed PATs, which is a single week record. They had twenty five missed kicks total, including twelve missed field goals. That's the most. That's the most in a week since nineteen eighty seven. You had five misses alone in that Packers Bengals game. Uh, excuse me, six misses, two of which were potential game winners. Uh, and of course Cody Parkey, Mr. Double Doink, comes in and uh misses <laughs> two extra points and ends up on injured reserve right after. Okay. It was uh it was bad. Man. Hey, if you can kick, James, I mean I know you're a receiver, but if you can kick I go, could do a little go, something. Go try out. You know that in high school Taysom Hill once kicked a forty seven yard field. Don't start
4: because 'Cause they'll really do
3: it. If if a kicker if first of all, if a kicker gets hurt in a game, and they they have to try to kick something. They're going to let the punter try it. If they both got hurt and it was just like a chip shot or something, it, I bet you. I mean, who else would they?
4: Use you to? know, Sean Payton would not would. use a punter <laughs> he
3: would, to even. He would, let if, say he into would it. definitely
4: <laughs> let. T- he might. That might be the first option with Sean Payton.
3: I mean, who would? It, who else would it be? I don't know. That was a by the
4: way. definitely. What well, I don't understand how, but then he tried to say he was going
3: for the ball. But That's he not was, even. He was, no, he was lying. Yeah, he that's, was. He he was obviously, not going for Obviously, the ball. he's not going to say I was trying to concuss him. He was already probably mm. going to get a fine. He's not going to say that publicly. What do you mean? You said surprised that he he lied? Of course, he's not going to say. Well, yeah, I was trying to take his head off.
4: Well, I wasn't. I don't listen to the audio. I usually just have my TV on mute. But then I seen at the bottom it said pass interference, and I'm like flipping out because I'm like, is that not unsportsmanlike conduct? Like that's, that's how targeting. is it passing interference? Targeting, yeah, yeah. Like how did but. I seen when I went back and watched it. I seen that they called it so.
3: ESPN fourteen twenty. All right, let's uh, let's head to the phone lines two six nine ten seventy seven. We've talked mainly about the Cajuns and that victory last night and uh, a lot of things surrounding it. Good morning, welcome into the show. Hello.
7: Hey, good morning. Hey, Kyle. <clears throat> yeah, it was. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's uh, outstanding. That's all I can say is outstanding. It, Everything else just takes you takes words away how great they played last night. But, uh, you know, y'all were talking about Napier possibly moving on or, you know, getting hired by somebody. That's that's just the cost of playing good football. You know, it's the price of having great football in Acadiana and at UL. And it's something you have to deal with. And the AD just has to have a list of other names to ready to go. Of who he wants to look at and just keep
3: it going. I, I think Dr. You Maggard know? has always been prepared for whatever happens. Obviously, his first choice is always well, I, to keep Billy. Think, and he, there's a reason the that Coach heart? Napier is making over two million dollars in yeah. the Sun Belt, right? Uh, and has the highest-paid staff. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I would imagine that when a season ends, uh, he's he's preparing for all potential scenarios.
4: I think I think the next, if that does happen, I believe the next head coach is in house already.
3: Do you? I
4: do.
7: Was, was Maggard the one that hired Napier? He was. Yeah. So if he, you know, he made that hire and it was a great hire. And yeah, I mean, I don't even want to, you know, I'm like uh, <clears throat> Butler over there. I don't want to, I don't want to see, uh, you know, the coach go or think about it. I mean, I'm busy thinking about the wind, but if it happens No but you're hey, not like you gotta, James. That
3: that's that's all James thinks about and it stresses him out and it, does. And it makes him it oh. makes him eat too much. I mean he does well don't you know, don't maybe,
7: don't just don't think about it. I can't
3: I mean, just, he stress you know, eats just enjoy I can't. the
7: wind. Enjoy the wind he takes it out on and, me.
3: He sends me these nasty texts yeah. he calls me a lousy friend well, so.
4: So we starting this this morning. No, no, we're not. We didn't even have Maddie on here yet. No, and she'll be on already, later. Sorry, understand.
3: Kyle. I, James and
7: I, we we get off track sometimes. Well, no, I mean, yeah, but but the thing is, you know, you got guys out there that are really good football coaches. That you know, and and of course, you, you know, you're gonna you miss you're gonna miss the guy, but hey, when he's moving, if he's if he's leaving to go to a much much bigger place that you just can't financially. And you know, and he's making that move because hey, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity type thing. I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't say, hey, coach, you know, or you know, you hold bitter thoughts or whatever. Yeah, no, he's, I think when he's, you he's, look, he's, when you handle yourself, congratulate him. Yeah, when you yeah. handle yourself the and way he
3: has, and the thing is, he's had that opportunity. He's had opportunities to yeah. go and make well, more he than he currently but, is. This is his fourth year. Well, uh, he's had opportunities is, is, to go and. And do other things, um, and and yet he hasn't. So it's not just it's not just a financial thing. It is we're talking synergy between the the, the athletic department, uh, the football program, and athletic director, and a university president. We're talking autonomy yeah. for a staff, right? We're yeah. talking uh, obviously geography. I mean, it's a lot of guys. They a lot of coaches you sort of look at it like, okay, start here and then you sort of just go up the staircase, you know, as it, as each stair becomes available. And I think Billy doesn't look at it like a staircase. He's like, I'm on pretty stable ground. I, I I'm not gonna go anywhere unless everything well, is sort of right. Year, and I don't but, even think he thinks about it a ton until yeah. maybe a season ends or but, something.
7: Hey, two two million a year ain't chump change. Not at all. Okay? It's
3: it's by far I'd the like most to, uh, the Sunbelt coach has ever made. Yeah, by I mean, far.
7: I guarantee you, I'd enjoy making $2 million a year. I don't think there's anybody that listens to this radio program or anybody that they know who wouldn't enjoy making it too very very few now, give me 2 million a year ever, James and
3: I are just going to make a podcast that's what we're doing Oh definitely come on
7: now Yeah I mean it, it, very few people ever make 2 million dollars a year a lot of people don't in their whole lifetime That's right So 2 2 million a year is a large amount of money and you know you start getting into higher money than that and unless you have a incredibly unreasonable extravagant lifestyle there's no way you should make more money than you can ever spend in your lifetime. And that's, I mean, I don't care what excuse anybody makes 2 million a year is, a, I mean, that's a huge amount of money and I'm sure he, and I'm sure he realizes that. So he may decide that he's happy here. Well, I think he, I think he I has
3: ever, a few times, you know, um, I don't
7: ever want him. I don't ever want him to be too happy though, because if he's too happy, you know, coaches, that get too happy. Sometimes, they get a little bit lazy at coaching and and, you know we don't need that i don't know that you have to
3: worry about that guy getting lazy i know that all too well
7: yeah well that's 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 a good thing but i mean yeah two million a year is a great amount of money nobody i'll tell you what to leave here for to to leave what he's got for two million years because ain't nobody gonna be trying to holler and scream at him like they are 50 miles down the road You know, I mean, that's that's just some of the stupidest stuff I've ever seen in my life. The dissatisfaction. that that, And, you know, I mean, that's just ignorant. I don't even want to go there. I'm going to let y'all go. I'll go there for you. It was a great game. Way to go, Cajuns. All the way across the board. 0 for 11 on third down. That's a quote. That needs to be stuck on their on the on the athletic department wall. over for eleven on third. Oh for
3: eleven. Two hundred and eleven total yards for a team that was averaging four fifty five. You held. You won the time of possession battle by over thirteen minutes. You created four turnovers. It was the best defensive performance since Patrick Tony's been the DC.
4: Shout out to Patrick Tony.
3: All the praise. Shout he out and to the staff. They deserve it. It was. Uh, don't forget, that was a really good football team I, that they beat last night. Trust me. The most lopsided loss for App State since they've been in the Sun Belt. They've never lost by more points in a Sun Belt game than they did last night. A team that wasn't that long ago they were winning. Hud's last game was at 63-14 to 14 in the final game yeah. of the season. Yeah. Coach Napier had lost four, five straight. Now... You've won two in a row, and you won like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. The tide's you starting can, to change. You, you can, yeah, you can put the whole, oh, well, they own it. No, you can put that to bed after last night. James Butler, did you have trouble going to bed last night? Nope. I did. I don't know why. I even know why I was stressing about all kind of stuff.
4: I did two weeks ago, though. Two weeks ago? Why? Why well, not two weeks ago, a week ago.
3: Oh, you mean after the Saints blew into the Giants? Definitely yeah. had trouble sleeping. Uh-huh. Yeah,
4: like I like I didn't even watch any sports shows. I didn't listen to this show. Like I couldn't. Like it's I too was emotional. Just like, I just couldn't it's too emotional. I blocked you on Twitter. I blocked you. Blo- you Twitter. blocked. I didn't want. I didn't want to hear. I didn't want to see anything. Wait, I you didn't blocked wanna, me. Yeah, because I didn't want you to. I didn't want to see what. To see what you had to say
3: after you criticized us for not talking you enough. Y'all to talk to me on that anyway. I was Oh, dude, when you blocked me, I was I was tweeting you nonstop. Like, hey, what happened? I and I was see, like, oh wait, he's see. blocked me from seeing. I Don't believe that yeah, no, because day. you didn't block me. I you didn't. didn't lie I, do do I yeah. <laughs> don't go anywhere. We're coming back. Matty Hudak joining us in about 20 minutes. I'm Scott Prather. That is James Butler. Louisiana dominating App State. More on that. And the Saints coming off of a win against the Washington football team. Boy, the bye week couldn't come at a better time. Yes, sir. All that and more coming up next.
2: Great Scott Show. This ain't golf. This ain't tennis. It ain't about me. It's about us. On Sports
0: Radio, ESPN 1420.
3: Welcome back. Into the Great Scott Show. Scott Prather, James Butler. Rage of Cajun alum, former Packers wide receiver. Hardcore UL Saints and Pelicans fan. Guy gets emotional. Uh, emails. Troy uh, emails. He says the Braves are heading back to the NLCS in case you didn't know because of that horrible game last night. Who? The Atlanta Braves.
4: Atlanta Braves? hmm uh, anyway. Baseball team. Anyway. So, I seen the Saints cut uh, Desmond Trufant. Why they did that? I don't. I don't. Why they? But they brought Ringo back though. You they seen did that?
3: bring Ringo back. I mean, Trufant was just a a, a very small band aid for what early in the season looked like he could be a pretty wide gash because it looked like Lattimore was going to miss a good bit of time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Debo has played better than expected, uh, although he struggled against the Giants. But he has played outside of that better than expected. Bradley Roby, you trade for him. Um, you know, you still got Pete. I think, I think the, the Trufant thing isn't a big surprise. I mean, he was at the end of the depth chart. And the way the Saints tinker with their roster week to week, there's, it's possible he could be back on the team for a game later but, this season.
4: What, okay, so when is Will Lutz supposed to come back?
3: It He's on IR. depends on whenever he's ready to come off of IR.
4: But is it 100% certain that Michael Thomas is coming back for the Seattle game?
3: No. It's not. Um, reports are that he should be ready to go. Now, he's on the pup list. And so, after, you know, week six, which is this week in the NFL to buy for the Saints, then he's eligible. So, everything you've been hearing about, about the players will be back on this date, that's just as soon as they are eligible to come back. Okay. Whether it be him, like on Yamada, he's still got, I guess, another week or another game suspension because it was six game suspension. Um, you know, Quan Alexander possibly backed by Tampa Bay. You know, depending on when you go on IR and depending on what list you're on, whether it be injured reserve or PUP, uh, that sort of dictates, okay, here's the earliest and then here's the latest. IR, you can stay there all year. You can never come off PUP. You have, like, basically a three-week window. Um,
4: okay, but out of all of the guys being out, who would you
3: say is the most significant? Michael Thomas. You think so? Yeah i will say Eric McCoy. Um, I would put McCoy as a close second. I would. Um, I thought the O-line did well uh, Sunday. But McCoy's second, I just think there's such a wide gap right now. I mean, now that Deontay Harris has a hamstring injury, like you just know, don't man. have. I know, I know you can get excited about Callaway's Hail Mary grab and his wide-open touchdown, and he's been okay. He has not been nearly as good as as the hype would make you think he'd be as a number one. He, he seems like a good number three wide receiver. Don't do that, Scott. He's um, definitely number two. Okay, fine. If you think he's a really solid number two. He's not a number one receiver. We'll at least agree on Scott, that. Scott, right?
4: like, the guy is good enough to be a number one.
3: No, he's not. Yes, you, he is. You, so you think he's played great this year? You think the separation consistently week to week? You has have been to have tremendous? targets.
4: You have to have targets. Oh,
3: man, you got to get open. Who says he's not open? Yeah, Maddie. You know what? Why ask Kerr? He's he had a good game on Sunday. I'm not even. Tra- this isn't even me trying to drag Calloway. What I'm what I'm what I'm telling you is he's who's, fine.
4: Who's better, Calloway or Traquan Smith? I don't know. Nah, you got to answer the question. Who's better?
3: Right now. As a number two or number three?
4: Number two. I, number two receiver. Who you want? I mean, Callaway or like, Trey Lance? That's Honsmith? like
3: saying, do I want you know, raw no, broccoli out no, of a can, or like you know, no, it's not. Pinto Scott. beans that are all moist and gross out of a can. Add I mean which the question, one Scott. I guess the spinach, I guess Callaway, but it's not like either one is great.
4: Scott, like you, 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 you what? Hurt my feelings, man. What? Callaway is definitely significantly better. Than Smith.
3: I think he's okay as a number three receiver. He's the number two as, receiver as a number, and I don't think that's a good thing, James. Uh, it is a good thing. He's—I'm he, not saying he right now. He's the number one receiver. The Saints have an issue at receiver. They—they—they they, they have a wide. The talented receiver right now is not very good. When Michael Thomas comes back, you get a you get a significant bump in the talent in that room. And when Traquan Smith comes back. You don't get a significant bump, but at least you have more experience. And then, I th- honestly, I think when one or both of those guys come back, I think you're going to see Callaway play even better and have more catches on game. I day.
4: agree with that, but I mean, you got to have more targets, man. You got to get open. He? How do you know he's not open?
3: Because I watch the games.
4: So you you have the end zone shot. I talk. I talk to.
3: I talk to. I talk to people like Maddie and. So he not getting open for real. Him. There's. The the Saints receivers have not gotten great separation. I can't speak to I can't speak to last Sunday's game. Right. I have not done a deep dive in that game. All right. I was out last week. Um, but I, I in terms of the first four games, it hmm. and you know, part of that too. I mean, there's a lot of layers there. I mean, it's not like Sean Payton's like cracked open the playbook a ton where he's letting right. Jameis sort of sling it a bunch and all this, and right. that's been a topic of conversation among folks, but you know.
4: Honestly, look, um, where is Jawan Johnson at?
3: He's a slow tight end that struggles to block. Slow tight end? Come on, man. A man I'm play sorry. receiver. He's a slow receiver. He's okay. he's an average. He's an av- Jawan Johnson is a good red zone target. I think up to him, it's okay. But he was never going to be an elite tight end or anything. I think he can
4: be with time. I, with time. I, I, I don't. You don't think so?
3: I think he's a – whenever I – like, to be clear, when I'm not as high on a player as you, I'm not saying that they're bad. I just feel like you, you you feel like these guys are going to become all pros or something. I, I didn't say that. It's the fan in you. I did You say that. said before the season you were guaranteeing Jameis Winston would win MVP. I mean, the fan in you takes you over sometimes. Whoever
4: the, the better team? season, James Winston or Patrick Mahomes. Oh,
3: I, who would you take as your quarterback? James Patrick Mahomes. Mo- Stop <laughs> it. No, Jameis Winston. No, day win. one, I'm
4: taking Jameis. You're not.
3: You realize Listen, you realize no one will take you serious.
4: you don't have to take me seriously because I am serious. You,
3: I give you ownership of the Saints and say That's that team fine. will trade you Mahomes for Winston straight up. Nope, I'm not
4: doing this. <laughs> I'm not James, doing
3: it. I James, I don't
4: want. I don't want him.
3: James, stop it.
4: I don't want him.
3: Yeah, stop it. I just want y'all to know he has a giant smile on his face. <laughs> he's
4: not. I'm very serious. No, you're not. I am very serious, no, man. Nah, nah, man. Don't. Nah,
3: don't. nah man.
4: I'm don't very serious. Don't and, then I seen, and then I seen someone Twitter don't about like the Deshaun Watson thing. I don't want him don't either. Don't do that.
3: Who knows, who knows if Jameis is next year? Just he ride is going to be on the team he next don't, year. don't know that. He's not even under contract next year.
4: But he is going to be on the team next I,
3: year. We'll, we'll see.
4: Who's going to be the quarterback?
3: He might, might not be on the team right now.
4: That's see that's that's stressful to even
3: think I, about. I, you know, you just you that's stressful. See, there it is. There's about. the there's that deep seated fan in you that just it it blinds you from twelve and objectivity.
4: three. Twelve and three. If if someone would have told you in five games James Winston would have had twelve touchdowns and three interceptions, what would have been your response?
3: Saints should be five and zero, oh, but they're not. They're three and two.
4: And why are they three and two? It's not James's fault. A
3: lot of reasons. Well, week two was a number of. It just was bad all the way around, and week four was on Sean Payton.
4: Okay, where well, do we go? I uh, rest my case. Let's rest see. your case at what? What do we, we? I would take James Winston. Oh, stop
3: Williams. it! I rest my case. Stop it! What? Stop it! The the <laughs> the most talented uh, MVP Super Bowl MVP young guy who's the best player in the league, or Jameis Winston?
4: Scott, like I hear what you're saying, but like
3: no, you you. But,
4: you're, but you're when it comes to me and my really loyalty.
3: About you. Come on.
4: Just. I will not choose anybody. Listen, that's just if me and you was playing flag football outside and they said, look, you could take Jamal Robinson or Scott. I'm taking Scott because he's on my team every time. I'm not doing <laughs>
1: You're
4: it. Not. I am for real. I'm like, I'm taking you. I'm
3: that's well, so it. Jamal. That's just because you want all the targets. You know they're never gonna throw it Hudak <laughs> <somebody. laughs> <laughs> no, joins us next. DSP in 1420. <laughs> What up, guys? It's Scott Fraser from the Great Scott Show, and it has been a great start to the NFL season, and it's only getting better at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Because DraftKings putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You got to get in on the action right now. It's simple. You just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up against the competition. It's fun. It's a blast. It makes watching games that much better. Feel the action like you haven't before with a free shot in millions of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe. Secure and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get that free shot at millions of total prizes, all with your first deposit. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
0: He thinks Drew Brees should run for president. With Zion Williamson as his running mate.
4: I vote
0: yes. It's The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com.
7: Now, sleep, till! <laughs>
3: Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Scott Frather, James Butler, former UL NFL wide receiver. He uh, requested some songs by 95 South. He said, play that Brooklyn song by Tag Team, I think is what he said. Maddie Hudak, our friend, sideline reporter. Why are you laughing, man? For the Green Wave, co host over at ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans. And a uh, tremendous rider for the Saints Wire over at USA Today. Good morning, Maddie. I know you're uh, you're stuck in New Orleans traffic, so first off, be safe on the road. But uh, thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh,
8: thanks for having me. Um, I, I, I'm doing good. I just adjusted to this uh, new way of, of living like a turtle in, in the New Orleans area for absolutely no reason
4: now. Maddie, I just want to say, um, to start this off, someone in here, it wasn't me, by the way, Said that Tulane was irrelevant. I just, nice. want, I just want to just say that, throw that out there. It was not me. Didn't, so.
3: didn't say that. Didn't say that at all. Uh, so it wasn't it, right. me. So who are you hanging out in here with? <laughs> Who are you hanging it out here you, with? It was
4: you, man. You said Tulane was irrelevant. Not, you did, did say not.
3: that. I didn't use those words. I like Tulane. What did you say? You were talking about a story from nine years ago about a coach – Leaving UL to go to Tulane, and I said it's not comparable to a coach that would leave for a big P5 job. That doesn't mean irrelevant. I mean, I think said, that's an accurate and statement. And after oh. that, you said Tulane <laughs> is irrelevant. Yeah, that's not true, Maddie. You know, you not know these things. games. You're he likes on on that Okay, thank <laughs> so. you. All right, all right. Uh, you said no, but what you said is you said you had a. I'm sorry, you said you had a bone to pick with Maddie. You do this every time. What I don't even know where you're going here. Oh, oh
4: you man, James?
8: I thought it's fun to start with.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Nah, man, you know, I just, you know, I, last time I said that I, w- I needed more Twitter interaction. This
3: is where you're starting this? We've Listen. Got a great football mind on and you're starting right, with some you know, Twitter you know, stuff?
4: I, you know, you're right. I'm done. Let's talk about Let's <laughs> talk about whatever y'all want to talk about, Saints. No, ask for a Saints nah,
3: question, please, because you were commenting oh, about fact, how you enjoy okay, her, stu- her Maddie, reading. Matter
4: of fact, Maddie, who would you pick as your number two receiver with Michael Thomas clearly being the number one? Who would you pick, Callaway or Traquan Smith? Callaway. There we go. There we go, Scott. Yeah. See,
3: See? I, I said Callaway too.
4: Barely. You said I don't know. Who I said
3: know. I said it's not like you're choosing between like a filet mignon or ribeye. It's kind of <laughs> like you know canned spinach and and raw Brussels sprouts. Like, I, and that's yeah, not even the dog one has either. A
8: long-standing track record of not being able to get to the dinner plate right. in the first place. There you so. go.
3: There you go. But like, all right. Let, let me let's let's start with this. That's good, James. So. Matty, I think Callaway has been okay, uh, and, and Sunday he had some big plays. I don't think he has gotten the separation and been that number one guy that had so much hype during camp. Mm-hmm. Not to say he's been bad. Again, James tries to put words in my mouth, but I I I feel like the Saints have had you know uh, a, a lack of talent at receiver for you know so far this season through the first five games.
8: Well, yeah, I think what you're seeing is, is kind of uh, the other side of of not having, you know, the most accurate passer in NFL history, it'd be your quarterback and kind of being able to get away perhaps more often than not with kind of, you know, not tending to that position as much as the other teams might. Um, so when you come back back there and you don't really have, you know, the receiver weapons that most new quarterbacks would kind of, you know, you'd expect him to kind of have surrounded with them. Um, I'm tough to like put all these expectations on Callaway when he did have a great training camp and he did put that number one jersey on. And if, and if you're going to do that, then, you know, you kind of have to back it up. At the same time, he was, he's still a, you know, second year undrafted free agent and kind of became the Saints wide receiver one uh, quite abruptly. Uh, so I've been a bit disappointed in him as well. But then, you know, on Sunday, we saw him get, his most yardage of the season. So is, is that something that he's finally getting settled in and, and going to trend upwards now? It's not as if the rest of the offense has been a you know a well-oiled machine.
3: I'm going to ask you a punter question. Again, something James okay. disagreed with me on. I didn't disagree. Yes, you did. Was Blake Gilligan's performance the best punting performance you've seen in a single game?
8: Um, that I can recall off the top of my head, yes. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Yeah,
8: I mean, I didn't disagree you with You think of the situationally as well. You know, it's one thing to just have a couple of great punts, but him doing that really, you know, put their their offense in a bad spot at at such crucial times when the Saints' offense really wasn't gelling. It's like you kind of expect, you know, the defense to be able to hold down the forward, and they they, in my opinion, you know, did that, um, you know, until that last long touchdown drive, at which point they'd already been on the field for over 30 minutes, but for your punter to put them in the end zone that many times, so they can't even get those types of drives going when the offense is stalling, you know, that's kind of not really the average punter, in my opinion.
3: Maddie Hudak, our guest, ESPN 1420 at Maddie Hudak underscore nine four. Give her a follow. Check out her stuff over at USA Today.com. The Saints Wire Matty, you're talking about Callaway, kind of maybe the expectations were probably too high based on a camp. Maybe the same can be said for Zach Bond. He was outstanding in the preseason. In uh, week one, he was not great. Uh, Or excuse me, week two. uh, Quan Alexander, you know, good week one. But Pete Warner, who had an injury, and then he stepped into the role getting a lot of snaps you break down the film. What can you say about Saints rookie linebacker Pete Warner and what he's done here the last few weeks?
8: I mean, honestly, shout out to Pete Warner. Um, I, I think that it's kind of a toss-up between him and Paulson and Debo in terms of uh, people you know, not having that much expectation for at least this immediate season. Uh, and, and the difference is that Pete Warner missed a pretty significant amount of training camp uh, this offseason, and then you kind of compare him to – Zach Vaughn, you know, because as you were kind of saying that, you know, that's kind of the first person that comes to mind, right? He was very impressive in camp, looked bigger than um, we didn't see him last year. And, and the whole idea was that they had this, you know, long standing vision for him. And then, you know, when he kind of gets out there on the field, it, it doesn't come to fruition. Meanwhile, you have this rookie that, um, in my opinion, a lot of people didn't really take that seriously. No one had really heard that much about him. And, and it was almost kind of dismissed as just kind of, you know, being a, guy who would be behind Zach Bond, and not only has he outplayed Zach Bond I mean at me this point he's debatably, you know made a case to be kept on the field pretty often when Vaughn Alexander returns I mean his coverage abilities and and how rookie for him to not ever you know he got caught once I think in that game uh, when Taylor Heineke took off but so did the rest of the state's defense so it's hard to kind of pick on him for that one, but if you just watch his eye-tracking and, and his speed while doing so, he's a very smart, smart linebacker and, and I think he was a, a steal in the second round
4: at this point. Maddie, Jawan Johnson, what what do you believe is going on with that situation? Because in the first game, you know, he's seen those targets, he has those touchdowns, and then you go to the last game and he was maybe targeted once, if not at all. So, do you think it's a trust thing, or do you think it's just, you know, he's – what do you think going on with that?
8: Uh, he, you know, he really impressed, and then he kind of disappointed thereafter. And then you had Adam Trotman on Sunday, who, in my opinion, has been, you know, kind of the biggest liability at receiver. Uh, you know Go two of two of his targets in 43 yards. So, I just think you're seeing a general inconsistency in this receiving group. But, again, I think it's kind of almost impossible to avoid – uh, when you consider that there's, you know, the changing of the tie to quarterback, and then also, you know, that these receivers were only receivers that looked as good as they did when it was Drew Brees throwing to them. Uh, so I, I think that Juwan Johnson still is, has it has in been be a contributor. I just think that when there are so many unreliable receivers as is, um, it kind of last week just seemed like, again, you know, turnover-free football is, try to get it to the most reliable receivers on the team, which at that point, you know, Callaway and Camara, And, and kind of can still, to be honest with you. Right. ESPN
3: 1420, Scott Prather, James Butler. Maddie Hudak is our guest uh, as she drives through New Orleans traffic. Please be safe, Maddie. Um, oh,
8: I am uh, done driving. I'm just scraping the uh, windy street traffic. Oh, there you here. go.
3: All right, well, that's good. What What is – um You know, I think the theme of this, particularly when we talk about the offense, is the inconsistency, sort of the up-and-down play of multiple players outside of, you know, a Kamara or or a Ramchek. You know, you have a lot of up-and-down performances from some of the other guys. Um, A lot of Saints fans sort of kept saying, well, just get to the bye, just get to the bye, and then, and then you'll get this back, and eventually that back, and this back is is that maybe being overstated a little bit because it's not like when they come out and against Seattle a week from Monday on the road that there's going to be this magic elixir when a, you know a few guys come back certainly it's going to help but i i felt like this team was going to be up and down a lot during the season um do you do you expect at some point for stability to over or do you feel like you know kind of like me that it's it's there's going to be other sundays that are kind of you know, you sort of scratch your head and you have a lot of ups and downs as you watch this
6: team.
8: Uh, so I've of two ways of looking at that. Um, I, I agree with you that I think that there's a lot to get excited about after the bye week, and it is kind of weird that, you know, people are almost looking at this week six bye as a positive when it's, you know, one of the earlier byes I can remember and there's an additional game this season. Um, and you have to remember, you know, players like Onimata and Michael Thomas, their NFL players are getting in shape relatively quickly, but they're not going to come out against Seattle, in my opinion, and, you know, be uh, in in full starter shape. Uh, But, you know, I also could have said the same about Pete Werner, quite honestly, last game when he hadn't really practiced that much all training camp, and then he kind of came out on fire. So maybe one or two of them. But I think that also the chaos, it's not so much, um, you know, a byproduct as much as it is kind of a game plan. Uh, I think that Sean Payton is kind of comfortable living in the state of the to me this season, and that kind of comes with the specific, you know, tools that he has at his, at his disposal. He has a quarterback with a great arm. Also can see that there's still that trust there that needs to be formed between the two of them, although I was very impressed by Winston, quite honestly, on Sunday. Uh, but you just look at all those factors involved, and, you know, to kind of expect there to be, a you know, a – um totally hammered out game plan that's designed for Jameis Winston that makes sense every single week. I think Peyton is still in the process of figuring that out. It's more, you know, how do I get this team and the chips that I have together in a way that'll beat this team? And so, you know, against Washington where they have a five-man defensive front, that suddenly meant a passing game. So, I think a lot of this up and down is by design. It just doesn't help that the other portions are also not being excellent. So people kinda, you know, think I in my opinion there's a lot bigger problem than there is.
3: Good stuff. Maddie, do you know any good psychiatrists? <laughs> <laughs>
8: um, may I ask why?
3: Well I, I need I need to get James in contact with one because as you may recall, he said something uh somewhere before the season that, that you know Jameis Winston was going to win MVP. Now that was the fan in him talking.
4: No, it wasn't it was not the fan in him talking. And you
3: see, this is what I'm talking about. And now um he has had the most audacious, even more absurd take before you came on that he would he would take Jameis <laughs> Winston over Patrick Mahomes. And I, I know that I, I I wish I could tell you that he's just he's just joking around because he's I'm smiling not. when he says it, but then he sort of continues to double down and I'm really beginning to worry about his about his mental health. So that's that's Maddie. why I asked you the question. Maddie,
8: uh, yes.
4: How would you grade Jameis Winston's performances over these past couple of weeks? What, what letter grade would you give him? Uh,
8: uh, certainly not one that I, I think would involve uh, taking him over Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this scenario and I have no respect, disrespect James Winston. Um, I thought Sunday was his most impressive showing to me. And and really, because of the intangibles that I saw, um, you know, even if that first interception was a bad decision on Winston and it wasn't, it was, you know, Audra's Pete, who the one thing they stressed all week was footwork, and then, you know, Sean Payton says he's probably wearing the wrong cleats and, and steps on Winston's playing foot leads to an interception, Winston responds with a 72-yard touchdown drive. And then the next drive, he comes out and, and fumbles it, and then his response after that is another touchdown. Uh, he has Cowboy and Camara both drop third-down passes uh, back-to-back drives. And then the following drive, you know, he gets 12 yards out of third and 14. And he, he would never, you know, I would never expect Winston to even have to get in the first place uh, without Taysom Hill, without Deontay Harris at that point, uh, and then manages to convert on fourth down and then hits Camara for a 19-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter when the uh, Washington football team had cut the lead to five. Uh, so, that that to me was the that I was listening to because you know we already we already expected some of the you know the bad to come with the good right but but I think we're really seeing the good start to come out of Jameis Winston um and I think the way he's handled this whole situation just the chips he's been given I mean the only starter in position on the offensive line is Brian Ramchick right now and, and and his receiving group you know is an undrafted free agent a guy that joined the team last week a running back and you know we were just talking about John Johnson he's you no know, first year wide receiver converted tight end, and then you have Ty Montgomery receiver who's just running back. So, you know, none of this is of elite caliber uh, at all. And so, you know, when, when you say Winston was turnover prone in a system that included Mike Evans uh, and, and all of those weapons over there, uh, you always expect it to be so much worse in this situation, but he really has showed to me willingness to change and adapt and not kind of go into the old Jameis Winston, but there were kind of a few times in that game where the offense was so stalled had he started to kind of go old Jameis I'm not entirely sure I would have blamed him. Uh, so I think we a lot of growth from him in five games, and I was really impressed.
3: It's good stuff. Great analysis. I've and, always been impressed. Um, but but you need to you just text me a name of a good psychiatrist. I'm gonna Why? Why? Because you need help, James. Because, because help. I said yeah, I'll
8: take James ball, so over. I can't say that over the...
3: Uh, right. No, yeah. You don't, we don't want to do that. And I'm we- I'm not trying to make light of any of this stuff. I'm just... I'm truly worried about
4: it. Well, hold you. on. Hold on. Because I said I'll take James over. Yes.
3: You don't know how... Re- I don't think you understand how ridiculous Listen, that No, sounds.
4: I'm not. That's not ridiculous. Because first of all, if you're on my team, I'm riding with you until the wheels fall out. That's just the way I roll. But I don't want Patrick Okay. Jones. So
8: before you said, though, that you were... Not being
3: a fan. Right. That's, that's the part. That's, but that's, but
4: that's, I
3: mean, yeah, you're, but right.
8: you're right.
4: You're right. You're right. That is me being a fan. Okay. Oh, well, that changes right.
3: everything. Now now we don't need a doctor. But I'm
4: also being serious, too.
3: No, see, there there it is. There's that, that he just, he goes between reality and I don't know what, just oh. escapism or something.
4: Put a poll on Twitter right now. Who you'll no, take. I,
3: I, <laughs> I won't even, I will not attack. No. Not going to do that. That's a, put, that's a ridiculous All right, we'll do poll. this.
4: Put a poll on Twitter right now who's been having a better season and see who comes out. Oh, my God. Is, is it not fair? How Wait, is it not that, fair? That
3: doesn't, that doesn't change the ridiculous statement that you made.
4: About what? That i take James over? Yes. Listen, just put on Twitter a poll. No, you do who it. You are
3: always saying, I want more I, interaction. I don't know on how to Twitter. do that. I'll show you how to do uh, it one one you on your own. No one does that
8: poll. Yeah. It it's not anything that I would like to talk to the Oh, you, oh. See you
3: see that, and and you're asking her to interact with you on Twitter. Have you
8: been on Twitter this season, James? I have I tried to discuss Jameis Winston uh, in any type oh of manner. Oh my God, because, Ma- uh... Maddie!
3: I feel bad for you sometimes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Some of the some of the response you get is so absurd. But um, I
4: don't understand. You know, it's people that don't know football, so yeah.
8: Well, I I, mean, I, th- I used to think
3: you bad. did, but then you make statements like that. All
4: right. I still hold true to that. So all right. Right. Know, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say, Scott. Maddie, he Certainly needs
8: help. On Twitter,
3: I can say
4: that at this point. Yeah, yeah. If All I right. say that on Twitter, like <laughs> people are going to agree with me.
3: <laughs> okay. All right, Maddie. Uh, any final thoughts before we let you go? Any questions for uh, my troubled friend over there, James Butler, a former NFL wide receiver?
8: Uh, I just, you know, I, I'm looking forward to having a conversation, um, you know, week 12 about this take that you have when Mahomes undeniably goes on a comeback run. And, um, not, again, nothing against James Winston, but I would love to see your uh, point play out in full this season. Otherwise, I'm looking forward to this guy and at least he's getting a chance to see what the – you know, real New Orleans Saints, can they please stand up at this point? Because what we've seen so far has been just kind of a skeletal crew that is kind of painfully missing those depth pieces. So as much as I don't think they might not make an immediate week seven difference, these next couple of weeks, absolutely.
3: Well said. Maddie, appreciate the knowledge. You guys follow her on Twitter at MaddieHudak underscore nine four. Check out all her stuff over at the Saints Wire at usatoday.com. Appreciate it, Maddie. All the best, and I know uh, we'll talk to you again in the future.
8: All right, talk to you guys uh, after the
3: bye week. Sounds good, all right, Maddie. I'll so have some rest. I give you the final word, although I'm nervous to do it. What you, I mean? It means that I will turn off my mic, and you can you, you get did to this say last that. time. No, I'm actually God. turn. Look, my mic, mic, My Mic's off.
4: Listen, I need y'all to add. Scott on Twitter And elaborate On why I'm right About James Winston Over Patrick Mahomes You know My mom just texted me And said that She agrees with With, with you On <laughs> This James Winston And Patrick Mahomes take But Scott Like yes it is Defending me But I'm That's just how I roll Man I don't I don't want Like I don't want Nobody else on another team If you're on my team I'm rolling with you That's it That's all I'm saying? That's it. Is that that, that a bad thing? All right, y'all. Holla at y'all next week, man.